Bonjour, and welcome to the Amateur Detective Club. This club is exactly how it sounds. A bunch of amateurs talking about their favorite mysteries. So if you encounter a real mystery or a murder, contact the proper authorities. Do not come to us. We do not know what we are doing. But enjoy the program. Allons-y. Let us begin. I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. My name is Tristan Miller, the saucy sleuth. I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. I'm Tyler Riley, cop and a half. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod and browse the unmatched selections of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod today. I'm Terry Gross, and you're listening to Fresh Air. Um, so I'm coming at you all in these streets. Um, I'm coming at you, uh, from beautiful, sunny Winona, Minnesota. I'm visiting my family here. Melissa, you're also not New York. We are again not in each other's presence. I am in Pennsylvania, where I go sometimes on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler, are you still in New York? Nope, I am in the great state of New Jersey. Oh, so we're now, no one is in New York. Ooh, Not a single one of us. The city misses us, I'm sure. Everyone's weeping and gnashing their teeth, writhing and rolling on the ground. So, sometimes we talk before we get to the episode and people complain about it. No, sometimes Sometimes we talk about... Sometimes we talk... All the time we talk. <laughs> and then we talk when we're talking about the episode about other things that are not the episode. That is also true. Um, but I've been starting doing semi-daily videos that, Melissa, you seem to be a fan of. And I would love for you to explain to Tyler what they are. Yeah. Because this is a fun game for me. Great. So... Tristan bought a book of riddles for kids from CVS for $5, and sometimes he reads, well, he often, daily in fact, reads riddles from this book on Instagram and TikTok, I assume? Yes. Yeah. Five and a half dollars, thank you very much. I I spent the big bucks. Mm, Okay. Remember when half dollars used to be like good currency, like those little coins? Coin half dollars. Oh, yeah. With Kennedy on them, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I thought my mind jumped to Hey Penny, and I was like, Tyler, how old are you? (laughs) (laughs) A question that often gets asked. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I remember a Kennedy half dollar. I remember it was a big fuss when we got the Sacagawea gold coin dollar. Yeah. Ooh, those were collectible items. Then you realize you were hoarding. Yeah, them stores dollars. will not take sand dollars, which I find offensive. <laughs> this <is> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little slap happy from the travel, and like it's only an hour time difference. But between that and the heat, it was like a hundred degrees out here. Ah, oh, talking about the weather at the beginning of a podcast. You love to hear it, folks. Um, 
and I went out with my niece and my nephew to a lake in 100 degree weather and I think my brain got fried um but yeah I was standing in line at the CVS and I saw this book of riddles while I was waiting to pick up a prescription and I was like you know it would be stupid and it was the thing that Melissa described to you to you just now. <laughs> um, however, I take umbrage with this riddle book for about half of the riddles I've encountered so far are in fact not riddles, but knock-knock jokes, which are in fact jokes. So I'm quite... Well, I mean, if a riddle starts off with knock-knock, I think uh, that is an issue. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I say it every time. I'm like, again, not a riddle. This is just a knock-knock joke. Well, I guess you are trying to figure out who is there. So there is <laughs> a mystery or riddle element to it. Okay, so when does a joke become a riddle? Now we've gotten to the question. <laughs> right, what is a riddle exactly? Yeah. For me, it is a brain teaser. It is like a series of questions similar, like 20 questions is like a form of riddle game. Generally, it has to rhyme, in my estimation, a riddle does. And you have to, it's a brain teaser. And generally, they're not, generally riddles aren't funny. But this book is full of fun and funny riddles. So maybe I should let them slide when they put in a joke or two. Uh, what about you, Tyler? I I don't know. Uh, you don't know. You don't. You know. What, you know a riddle when you hear it. I feel. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Just like life pornography, you know, you know a like, riddle when you see if it. If a sphinx asks me a question, nine uh, times out of ten, I'm going to assume it's a riddle. Even if it's where did I park the car? Yeah, I mean nine <laughs> times out of ten. <laughs> okay, Melissa. Is chewing, so I won't ask her opinion. Um, no, you should ask my opinion because I've stopped chewing now. Um, okay. <laughs> a riddle. A riddle doesn't have to rhyme. That's wild. That, really? You're yes, the riddles? that is that is wild. Oh. I also. A riddle is not a limerick. Um, <laughs> a riddle is like you know the one. Um, okay, I agree that it's a brain teaser. So it's. Uh, a doctor goes over to a, bo a body, <laughs> a person. He says, I'm mm -hmm. uh, He goes over and says, uh, I can't. No, no, no. I totally ruined it. <laughs> okay, the doctor. The doctor a doctor yeah. says, I can't operate on this person. He's my son. It's not his father. Who is, yeah. uh, who is the doctor? It's, it's mom, the doctor. Right, the right. And like, that was a hard riddle when, I don't know, I was a kid because no one, women were doctors or something. That's yeah. a riddle. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a Sphinx question. Exactly. That's exactly right. Okay. So the reason I think riddles often should rhyme is because my first introduction to riddles was um, John Ronald Royal Tolkien's The Hobbit, in which all the riddles in the dark, I believe, rhyme, with the exception of, what have I got in my pocket? Okay, that's fair. So, If you're a like, hobbit, riddles should rhyme. Yes, like, for example, a box without hinges, key, or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. Right. 
the answer is. And very is. rarely did the Riddler rhyme. Hi, excuse me, hi diddle diddle, it's time for a riddle? That that's is a rhyme. That's just his intro. Yeah, like that's... <laughs> I think, okay, when... Didn't Frank Gorshin's Riddler rhyme from the 1960s Batman character? Uh, not to my recollection, but I could be wrong. But I know that Jim Carrey's did not. That's fair. Jim Carrey's did not do a lot of things. Didn't make uh, <laughs> didn't make my boy happy at all. No, no, <laughs> not my Tommy Lee. <laughs> I do love how much he hated Jim, uh, oh. which makes sense. But yeah, did you do riddles growing up in school? Like occasionally, school. that was like. The quote-unquote fun activity of the day, <laughs> and we'd all just be annoyed by it. Um, but yeah, and then like there were some educational shows growing up, like Crash Box, uh, which mm. was an HBO uh, family program uh, that incorporated riddles sometimes. Um, Zoom, which was a PBS mm-hmm. uh, show for kids, like things like that. Okay. Yeah, sure. Same. <laughs> okay. Okay, so in my family, we told a fair amount of riddles growing up, but apparently we're just prairie folk, and <laughs> that's why. No, because, like, we liked... Uh, my dad had this old book of riddles, which is similar to the one I have, and I may read a passage or two from that while I'm here. But... Um, right now? No, not right now. Oh, not okay. um, not on this airway, but for the, the videos <laughs> I've been doing. Um, but yeah, we, we had a lot of goofy fun with that. And like, but like the, the book, the riddles I'm reading are basically Laffy Taffy rejects. It's quite horrible. They're these very bad puns. They're mostly just terrible puns. You know, it's not even like, you know, it's like when is a door not a door? When it's a jar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a which is a pun more than a riddle. <laughs> Tyler loves it. <laughs> so Tyler, what I'm hearing is you should watch these videos I've been putting. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, yeah, it's stuff like that. Oh, by the way, I don't think I said the answer to the one from The Hobbit, which is of course eggs. Um, but yeah, so we did a lot of. That's so interesting. I never considered that you didn't, that someone's child wouldn't be filled with the whimsy that is riddles. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed everyone had long car trips where, like, well, we gotta pass the time somehow. We, listen I mean, to we pass the time by, like, not talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Different strokes. You know. For different, yeah, for different <laughs> folks. That's what they say. So this episode is the season premiere of season 11 of Agatha Christie's Poirot. Uh, it's called Mrs. McGinty is Dead. And I want to give a warning here if you haven't yet seen the episode. Your TV is not out of focus. They put a filter on it. For what reason, I don't know. For the whole thing. Just the whole the episode. Whole thing. 
not even like the flashback sequences or like once he gets to the creepy town, which we'll get to in a minute. The entire episode. Were y'all mad about it? I wasn't. I wasn't mad. Okay. I was confused because generally, when one makes a color choice or a filter choice in post like that, it's for narrative reasons. And I couldn't. I couldn't. I just didn't know why they had done it. No, it made. Well, I mean, I can only speculate, but it made me feel like I was watching like. An old episode of Poirot. Mm. Like, this was I, released in 2008, and this, like, the series started in, like, the 80s, and it gave me more of that 80s feel. Mm-hmm. So it did feel like a retro episode. I will say they do slap film grain on it, which, if you're watching in, like, a high-def TV, is very interesting, because it's clearly not shot on film and added later, and I think that really added to the nostalgia as tyler you're saying but yeah the, the almost vignette style of out of like the depth of field in this Whew. anyway i think okay it's interesting. That, i think i misunderstood what you had posed originally mm-hmm. you know because it feels like there's a little bit of cloudiness around the edge of the screen okay yes to- yes yes yeah, they put a filter as well on that, or they managed the focus very, very long. It looks lenses. like it's the whole thing is in a dream sequence. Yeah, mm-hmm. or the Hobbit films, <laughs> exact same deal. But anyway, point being, it's on purpose. We don't know why. I would love to know why. I'm not mad at it. I just want to know why. <laughs> Um, but Someone just left a- it on. They just forgot. <laughs> I think <laughs> they just let Windows Movie Maker do whatever it was gonna do. Like, oh man, it's gonna take too long to like re-upload a whole new episode. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> we just gotta send the- this one along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so it starts off with a trial, and this very young fidgety man is being sentenced to death for the murder of the titular Mrs. McGinty, who has been bludgeoned to death, found in her own home. There's $60, 60 pounds rather, hidden under a rock and it is he who is suspected and is found guilty by a court and then is sentenced to hang. According to you. Oh, a courting to Jim, that's when Jim Belushi comes on to you and he starts according you. Oh, what am I? Oh, that's, I understand, Melissa, but that's so me. No, that's not what I meant. Just, okay. Sorry. Ugh. Comes on just to. Not, just not for Melissa. No, yeah, listen. Not for... It has nothing to do with uh, Jim Belushi. It had to do with the term coming on to you, which oh, okay. I didn't know that I. Uh, was opposed <laughs> yeah. to at this point in my life, uh, but apparently I am. Apparently yeah. that term no longer works for me. That's fair. I mostly, it's again, it's one of those like archaic sort of like, I like to turn, like if someone says something vaguely nice about me, I'm like, what are you coming on to me? Like as a bit. Anyway. Um, so this man so- discovered the body and that's why they think he did it. 
Yes. Because he's very nervous. He's a very nervous man, and so, ergo. And he's he's a lower class and not particularly bright, and so they've all jumped on him, going, well, of course the dumb poor person didn't know better than to hide the money not under a rock. Who does that? Yeah. And so the superintendent, Spence who is the person in charge in the investigation, goes to Poirot because he has his doubts. He says, I don't think such and such actually killed Mrs. McGinty. Will you look into this for me? But I have another case. And it's interesting because he says, Poirot says to him, did he have a fair trial? And it was notable to me that the counselor said, you know, yeah, by all by all accounts, it was a fair trial, but, you know, according to our justice system. Um, and it really, really made me think of uh, the American justice system as well. Um, mm. I, I really like is a weird word, but I'm very interested in wrongful conviction cases. Uh, and I've watched a lot of documentaries about them. And, you know, the idea of having a fair trial for a lot of people is not a thing as much as it's a legal trial. It's not right. a mm-hmm. fair trial by all accounts. So by, by the real definition of the word fair, I should yeah. say. While we're kind of in the zone, um, this episode has a lot of class commentary um, and, and xenophobia commentary as well, which is but specifically during during the upper class in this little village that we'll get to in a minute. Um, yeah, but po- we are here for Lucy Lawless. No xenophobia. <laughs> Xena, warrior princess. Yes, 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 yes. I just... So you should write the new riddle book that I'm working on, Tyler. <laughs> 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 so he goes to this Poirot... Uh, okay, so Poirot and Spence are talking, and Spence is like, if it's not too much trouble, if it's not too much trouble, and Poirot is like, I have an abundance of nothing to do. Please, I will take this case. So he goes to the creepiest little village outside of London. This whole thing very much... Broad Hinny, yes. This whole thing reminded me very much of Hot Fuzz, the film by Edgar Wright. Um, but he goes and he's staying in this hostel thing with this couple who can no longer afford to maintain their own mansion. They've recently come back from India, so they've started renting out rooms in order to get a little bit of cash on the side. And um, There's animals everywhere. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, like, I love dogs <laughs> but there is a time and a place and it's not when you're preparing food like dogs should not be in licking distance <laughs> of the things that you were cutting up and putting in a bowl for human consumption agreed i even agree with that <laughs> it was very there's something about mary i 
You know the scene I'm talking about, right? No, I wish I did. Uh, there's the, the lady with, like, the lap dog. And, like, the dog is, like, tonguing this woman's mouth, like, while she's talking. And it's the most yes. disgusting. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh. I yeah. blocked that out. But kudos to that. Like, do you even like kudos an actress for going through that? No. Absolutely. For just soldiering through? 100%. I would say you pity her and hope that she got points on the back end. Yeah. I will say yes to both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good for her, and I hope she got taken care of. <laughs> yes. So there's animals, there's there's ducks and chickens and turkeys and geese, all for the town to see and hear. It's just squawking just as noisily as they can. Um... The one time I make a musical theater. Anyway, so. <laughs> what? Oh, chicks and ducks and bees, geese better scurry? When no. I, what are you re- If I was a rich man, come on, get on my steez. Oh. Um, anyway. Anyway, there's a bunch of animals everywhere. Poirot, there's a giraffe. There's a, Poirot hates it. And it's shot. This, this little, this house is shot at a bunch of like Dutch angles and crooked. And it's very horror because it's just a terrible place for Poirot to be. <laughs> and it's very funny. He's trying to be nice, but he just has so much so much tolerance for this. Yeah. Um, so I can't recall the characters' names, but there's a husband and a wife that own this place. And the husband just got, they just got back from India and the husband is working on his book and that's why he's not working and that's why they're in the situation that they are financially and have to rent out guest rooms. So there's, okay, there's there's three couples that matter in this. Yes. Because of reasons we'll find out later on. There is the people that own the hostel at which Poirot is staying. There is a doctor and his wife who um, his wife is um, just terribly, terribly nervous all the time. Then there is um, the colonel and his wife, who seem incredibly nondescript. Those are the six couples with which we are dealing with. And then there's also uh, Miss, I believe her name is like Sugar Madam, like literally. Sweetieman. Sweetieman. What? What? Anyway, she runs the local post office and uh, general store, and we meet her and then there's also eve <coughs> and a politician who are um very hoi folloi highfalutin people eve carpenter yes and we also ha- we have paul uh well the actor's name is paul reese but robin upward and his mother yes Mrs. upward um yes yes and so these are the people we meet Poirot interviews them where they were the night of the murder. It gets a general sense of who they are. And then he is given the remainder of Mrs. Um, McGinty. And throughout this episode, Poirot will sometimes refer to Mrs. McGinty as the McGinty, which is adorable and hysterical. The McGinty. Um, like the MacGuffin. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, now I want McDonald's. Can we go one episode without wanting McDonald's? I don't nope. want McDonald's right now. Well, I do. <laughs> and I already ordered dinner tonight. 
And now I'm mad. So he f- gets the remaining belongings of the McGinty, and he's going through them, and he finds an old newspaper. Yeah. It's not that old. It's not that old. It's from three days before she died, and there is a uh, chunk taken out. So he rushes back to London to the Daily Comet to find a copy of it. Mm-hmm. Which we get a nice scene with his little with his little butler. His butler's pretty tall. With his little butler, it's Paulo's little butler. <laughs> uh, hands him some hot chocolate, and he's reading about it. And there's it's about um, two tortured young girls, one yes. of whom was a killer, um, and one of whom was uh, her father was murdered, and her mother ran off to Australia to have the child, very tragically. Yes, so there's Eva, or Eve, what's her, what's the, it's Eve something. Eva Kane and Lillian, like Gumble Dork, something. Gamble, Gamble. Thank you, Lily Gamble. Lily Gamble, Eva Kane and Lily Gamble, okay. Mm -hmm. So, I... (laughs) So Lily Gamble is supposed to have murdered someone with a meat cleaver as a child. Yes. And uh, Eva Kane, who also escaped, but went... Okay, so this is what I don't understand. So Eva Kane was the mother... And she wasn't the mother, but she was the caretaker of Lily Gamble. She said, like, I'm going to take this kid away from everything and make a home for her. What? Okay. Lily. Uh, OK. Lily Gamble completely is. I believe she was the governess. Um, Sorry. Ava Kane, governess to Lily Gamble. The murder okay. happens. Her husband. Sorry. Ava Kane's husband frame is hanged for the murder that also happened. Ava Kane goes to Australia and she is already with child and has a child there Okay. to just start anew, I believe is what happens. They didn't escape together. No, no. Um, Lily Gamble are, they're, they're still somewhere in the United Kingdom. Okay. So, so. then Eva Kane had a daughter, uh, says the newspaper, yes. named Evelyn Hope. Exactly. Yes. I believe so. Anyhow, yes. we have these two sensational stories in the Sunday paper. Poirot goes, something must have, someone in the village must be related to this, and that is why Mrs. McKinty was murdered, because she found out about it. So he goes to the Sunday comment and talks to one of the the reporter that wrote it. And he said, is it true? And she goes, absolutely not. No, it's fiction for Sunday paper. It's just hogwash. Right. Like maybe some of it is. Who knows? But I definitely editorialized here and there. (laughs) She says, heck, I don't know. Which is (laughs) so fun. Exactly. Um, and then he goes back to the village, and Mrs. Upward, who is a m- 
not an elderly woman, but a woman probably in her 60s to early 70s, but is confined to a wheelchair due to arthritis, and her mm-hmm. son, Robin, dotes on her in a way that is deeply disturbing. How so? Oh, it's just so much. Too much. Too much. It's very similar to the um, Death on the Nile situation. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't care for your mother in the same way. I wouldn't. I would not kiss her hand and call her my precious. No. What What am I? Smeagol? No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> my, I, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. I watched this episode with my mother. because she, she watches the show and she listens to the podcast sometimes. And she said, that's a little weird. So I am... For my family in the right here, Tyler. So, all right. I don't know. Like, I just wanted to see if I could catch you <laughs> saying something inappropriate. <laughs> Good. Oh, Good. I see. You, uh, you said a honey pot for me. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But Mrs. Upward, who is um, bound by the wheelchair, uh, has, has gotten together a soiree. Of all the people in town. Everyone we've met. Um, With the exception of someone we need to meet. Yes. Everyone's favorite character, Ariadne Oliver, rolls up. Of course, by the brilliant Zoe Wanamaker. Uh, Always eating apples. Have you noticed that? No. She's but. constantly eating an apple. She, the way she's introduced is she throws an apple core out her window and hits Poirot in the face. It's so good. It's so good. It's very funny. And she goes, it's just an apple core. It wouldn't hurt. Where are you going? Why are you here? <laughs> she's like, oh, someone's been murdered, hasn't they? Haven't yeah. they? Yeah, it's hope it, wonderful. W- hope it's not uh, the people I'm staying with. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... It turns out she's in town to write to like help write a play. Um, there's someone who wants to dramatize one of her stories. Yes. And uh, it happens to be the son um, of Mrs. Upward, Robin Upward. Mm-hmm. So um, we get lots of sequences with the two of them writing this book, by the way. I just have to note. And he's, he's sitting at a typewriter and he's, he's like, okay, but... Uh, so he's about 35 and she says he's 60 and she, he says yes but then that makes it very creepy for him to have a sexual relationship with the young woman she's like yes it does don't do that why would you do that <laughs> she says sven who is the name of her detective has mm-hmm. never been interested in women his entire life and he goes oh you can't make him a dandy uh-huh and I was like, and he, at one point he wants him to go skiing and have sex in a sauna. Yeah. He's never had sex. Yeah. And this, <laughs> all I could think is like, this must have been the pitch meeting for the Kenneth Branagh version of Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, but I'm it's... Like, how exhausting in a sauna. Yeah, that... <laughs> 
That's not even appealing. Like, right? like I, <laughs> that just seems uncomfortable it's for like no so reason warm. whatsoever. Like, just yeah. just wait. Yeah, it's like it's like the idea of actually having sex on a beach. It sounds oh. very romantic, but there's so much sand. It is not it's practical. Rough and coarse, and it gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. All of a sudden, you got a broken shell or a needle jabbing you in the ass. It's not a good time. <laughs> a needle, a hypodermic needle. What is this, 1984? <laughs> According to QAnon. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about him. <laughs> Big Brother is here, Tristan. Uh, Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, so there's a bunch of sequences there, and of course, um, Ariadne Oliver wants to try and solve the murder before Poirot does, and she calls him a couple of times and says, I think it's this person. Her suspicions are um, the doctor and Joe, the Colonel Joe, someone or other, um, because he looks suspicious. But anyway, there's all these sequences where um, he's getting the lay of the land, and basically. We've kind of already covered it. Like one lady's nervous about something and it's suspicious. One lady is just got back from India and that's a little weird, I guess. And then and is not doing well financially. And then the other one is just incredibly vain and hoity-toity and doesn't wear her glasses. She's so vain that she keeps bumping into stuff, which she, I yeah. can relate to. Yeah, she keeps bumping into stuff. Um, she's <laughs> very, she's very interesting. Uh, but um, so essentially. He works out that none of the people are really quite the right age to be Eva Kane. Like, Mrs. Upward's the right age, but she's not, Mm -hmm. uh, she's wheelchair bound and it, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. But three of these, these three women are, uh, about the right age to be Evelyn Hope, her daughter. Mm-hmm. Yes. If Mrs. McGinty had figured out something about Evelyn, uh, about Eva Kane, then the daughter would want to potentially, um, you know. <laughs> Bugs Bunny them? <laughs> bump them right. bump off. Yeah. Bump um, that's, see that? That's how you know you're Italian, Melissa. You bump them off. <laughs> you want us, I should get rid of you? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then what happens is Poirot kind of sets his own honeypot, much as Tyler did, with, at the soiree, everyone's like, oh, y- y- there's gotta be something else going on. Please give us a clue, Poirot. Please, please, please. And he goes, bo 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 do and he puts the two pictures down of the two young ladies from the newspaper article. Yes. And he asks each, you know, does anyone recognize these photos? But why are these clues? <laughs> Which is like, someone does ask, why are these clues? It's like, well, if I told you that. It's again, the difference between a riddle and a joke. It's not a punchline. It's a clue. Oh, okay. I'm like a riddle. Oh, oh, oh a riddle oh is just a joke 
that you have to find the punchline for. No. <laughs> or, okay, it could, uh, a riddle is a joke, and the punchline is the answer. Yeah, that you have to discover the punchline. The person's not going to tell you it. It might not be funny, though. It could not be funny. But some here's the thing, Melissa. Some jokes? That's true. Also not funny. <laughs> this is a good point you have, my I friend. wouldn't know. You've only ever made funny jokes, or you've never experienced humor? Yes. Mm. <laughs> okay. So he goes, he literally, he goes, you want some clues? And he literally pirouettes and pulls these two photos out of his pockets and lays them on the table. It's glorious. It's the the most the quickest we've seen Poirot ever move. It's beautiful. And Mrs. Upward says that she has seen the photo of Lily Gamble, the murderous child, but she doesn't say where she saw it. Mm-hmm. She just says, oh, it must have been recently, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's old. She can get away with whatever. Or so she thinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Poirot and she has a conversation, and he's like, if you know something, you have to tell me, because you could die. And yeah. she's like, I don't think you understand how we do things over here in England, Mr. Poirot, essentially. It's yeah. incredibly rude. Well, um, I mean, it is. And... Specifically with um, going to, like, the class elements as well, of, like, with uh, Eve, um, the politician's wife, both she and the politician are incredibly dismissive of Poirot because he is foreign, and also of the man who is being perhaps wrongfully hanged because they are because he is of a lower class and also of Mrs. McGinty. The, the whole town has um, a bad attitude of uh, about Mrs. McGinty dying because she's a char lady, which is that like a chimney sweep? I'm not sure honestly. I thought it was just a cool way to say charlatan. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte McGinty. Um, uh, but yes, uh, so Eve, whose last name is Carpenter, I think it's great that you uh, you keep uh, mumbling, yeah, mumbling her last name like it's a hard word to pronounce. I know it's just that you don't remember it, but it's very fun that it's like, oh, what's the name? It's but I Carpenter. remember like Sweetumum or whatever the... Well, I mean, of course you do. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there... Poirot and she have this conversation and she goes, ah, forget about it. Don't worry about it, Poirot. I'll be fine. Then, is it immediately after this that he goes back to London for a reason and takes the train? I think so. No, there's a couple of other things. I'm sorry. He goes and he makes more his rounds again. And one of the rounds he makes is with the, I believe, I want a doctor's wife who's incredibly nervous, who then yells at him, Poirot, not the doctor. Dr. Keller, right? 
Yes, Dr. Ross Geller. Um, he's a paleontologist, if you can believe it. Yeah. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> Ross Geller is, though. Yeah. Um. Oh, from from the Friends. Yeah. Yes. One of the titular Friends. <laughs> but I'm talking about the doctor on the par- on the television yes. program that we're reviewing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We've all lost our minds. Tristan uh, made a Tristan made a jo- dumb joke that it was Dr. Ross Geller because it mm, sounded you, similar. Yeah, and that's what I was going off. Of. <laughs> and now we're here, <laughs> and, and we so Dr. Keller, yeah, yeah, Dr. Keller, medicine woman who is not a paleontologist, no, but an actual doctor. <laughs> I said what I said. Come at me, paleontologists and chiropractors. What are you going to do? Fight me and then my back's better? Come on. <laughs> Doctors and pay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. What, what is a paleontologist going to do to me? Throw bones at me? I already got bones. Bones hurt, man. Mm. Nah, not if you're doing it right. Anyway, so. um, We should talk after the program. I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so worried for you. Uh, Gigantor. So anyway, um, he speaks with the doctor's wife, and the doctor's wife says it's all lies, none of it's true, and we all know that you're not here because of this, the McGinty case, because it wouldn't matter because she's just a char lady. Are you kidding me? It's absurd. We all know why you're here. It's and it's not true. Any of it? None of those letters are true. And Poirot's like, "What are you talking about?" And she storms off, and he's like. Okay, so that just happened. <laughs> and he has a sort of similar vibe with Eve Carpenter and her husband because they think he's snooping around because he's running for some sort of political office. And then the major, they, they're not very suspicious of, except for the woman, um, the major's wife, who is the hostel. They own the hostel. She was adopted, which puts her under a certain level of suspicion. Right. Could one of these people be the adopted, uh, an adopted child and therefore, you know, the, the, yeah. the daughter of Eva Kane? Mm-hmm. Because uh, we, we all speculate. We all do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the writer, the journalist had speculated also that she had died. Mm. So yes. Now, it is after this that Poirot goes away to London because we've forgotten a character, and that character is the real estate agent who is friends with the boy who would be hanged. They work Bentley, at the same James Bentley. Thank you, Bentley, James Bentley. Um, they're friends, they like each other, they're very fond of each other, they shared a walk once, and they kind of have a, a crush on each other. Yes. And she's been helping Poirot out, and she has some sort of, some news to give him. So he goes back to London, and she snoops around, she snooped around all of these people's homes under the guise of getting appraisal for the homes. What she discovers, I don't remember. 
Oh, I do remember. Thank you uh, for holding. Uh, the mit, mit Carpenter, Eve Carpenter, used to be a burlesque dancer and has some pretty raunchy photos tuck, tucked away because of it. And she's trying to keep that a hush-hush. Yes. And so Poirot goes, okay, why do you know, why do you want to know all about this? And she gets very flustered. At one point, she says, you know, um, he goes, why do you want to know about this? Um, and she drops that she knows the name um, Evelyn Hope and Ava Kane, despite them not being mentioned in the news article. And he pushes her and she exits promptly. And then it is on his ride home on the train that someone pushes him in front of a train and he's lying there about to get hit when um, one of the sergeants that is at the train station pulls him up and saves him. It is noted that when he's about to get hit by the train, his hat, it does not fall off. It does not. (laughs) It's very funny. I'm like, how squashed down is it? I mean, some hats are just very well fitted. Yeah. I thought that was some warning. His stepdaughter Matilda had gone in and put glue underneath his cap. Oh my gosh. I mean, as likely as anything, of course. (laughs) Um, The actress who plays Sarah Smart looks a little bit like Jennifer Goodwin, but she also is uh, a British actress who has been on Doctor Who. That's fun. Yes. I'm trying because I, I was trying to figure out where I knew her from. Mm-hmm. She's in two episodes, so I think that's probably why. And I... she looks also like a young Emil de Staunton. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like how we've gotten to a point in this series where it's recent enough that we're starting to see a bunch of actors we recognize more and more. Yeah. Which is quite fun. Which is much like watching the Harry Potter series. You're like, oh, of course, every British actor. Is in this, yeah. Movie. Uh, also, uh, Ruth Jemmel, who plays uh, Miss Sweetman, mm-hmm. is uh, Mrs. Uh, Madame Violet Bridgerton, Lady Violet Bridgerton, in oh. Bridgerton, okay, mm-hmm. okay, in Bridgerton, okay, like the mom, right? Yeah, yeah. I have not seen it, so I will say yes. I know. So, he almost died. Technically a mystery. <laughs> Bridgerton? It is. It's technically a mystery. Isn't it just horny, though? Isn't it mostly horny? It's very it's horny, but it's yeah, also... you could ever imagine. So I'm there for that. You know me. Yeah, it's, it's very horny. Um... um. So Poirot almost dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very upsetting. It's very upsetting. <laughs> and then he's talking to Ariadne Oliver later, and he's like, oh, yes, I almost, I almost was killed. I was thrown in front of a train. She's like, really? She goes, uh, oh, my word. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. She's so perfect. Um, and, and then she goes to see a play. Yes, um, because... Uh, at the suggestion of Mrs. Upton, they should start thinking about casting as well. And Robin has this notion of the lead actor that's currently in his 
play that's at a repertory theater nearby would be perfect for Sven. So he drags Ariadne Oliver to his currently running play. Yeah. He's apparently a very well-known playwright. Right. He is a famous person. Back when you could be famous for being a playwright more often. Sure. So they go to see the play. He makes a phone call as they're leaving. To check in. Yeah, they step on the side of the road, yeah? Mm -hmm. Before that, he goes and um, they're about to drive off. He goes back in to speak with um, Madre, as Mm -hmm. he calls uh, Mrs. Upton, because he forgot to bring her her coffee. And then, then they go and he makes a phone call to check in with her on the way. Yes, they pull over to the side of the road. And then uh, they get back, and Ariadne Oliver walks into the house. Where has he gone? Because he goes somewhere else. He's in the car still checking on something or other. Right, okay. So She just is fed up and wants to go to bed. It's very clear that she did not. She says, it was quite good, but rather sad. And I didn't, anyway, (laughs) she did not enjoy the evening. So she goes in and she's trying to talk to Mrs. Upward and Mrs. Upward's not responding. And so she goes and checks and Mrs. Upward is deceased. Um, Rip to a real one. Oh, R.I.P. Not like yeah. rip, not like uh, torn. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, rip to a real one. Oh man! Uh, Ooh, you Ooh. Oh yeah, she looks like a bear's been here. My goodness, no. Um, you cannot listen to these tapes. Um, so she's discovered the body, and she alerts the police, obviously, and that allows um, Spence to actually get back on the case because he comes up because he's you know, Inspector Scotland Yard. Now he's getting pulled on to this case because he has familiarity to it because he's been absent this whole time. And also she says a very funny thing to Poirot. She goes, it's not very pleasant discovering of a body. (laughs) And he he goes, no. And she goes, I'll have to write in less screaming though. And Poirot (laughs) does laugh at that, which is quite, I love their relationship. It's very, very fun. Oh, it's great. And that's a really good observation and like just a fun little, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's way less screaming when you discover a body, as far as I understand. Yeah. I have not discovered a body, thankfully. The only discover the body I've discovered is my own. I mean, I've discovered a body in, like, the Christopher Columbus sense of the word. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, the body already existed, and I was right. like... <laughs> but I'm going to take credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Like um, all my exes, like I made you what you are now. That is so funny, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> um so it turns out that she um Mrs. Upton had called the three women that would be of the appropriate age. The the Major's wife, the doctor's wife. I wish I knew their names. And then it's okay. Eve Carpenter. 
Because reducing them to the, you know, defining them by their husbands a bit rude. But my yeah, memory is I, bad. It's okay. Well, it's... One of them's named Bessie. Who, who cares? Anyway, um, uh, but Bessie cares. Yeah, that is true. Bessie does care. Yeah. Not her husband, though. No. Oh no, not one lick. Mm-mm. Um, so they all received a message from Mrs. Upton asking for them to go to coffee, which is something that Mrs. Upton herself had suggested she might do. Yeah. And Carpenter refuses. Um, Doctor's wife took her medicine because she has a nervous condition and had promptly fallen asleep. And then the uh, Airbnb hostess (laughs) tried to go, but the door was locked and couldn't get in. And she is discovered with a coffee service next to her, and there is lipstick on a cup, and there is a strong scent. Yes. Of An expensive scent. Yes, expensive which is to say perfume. Perfume, yeah. Um, also, she being Mrs. Upton. Right, right. Our, our dead friend. Oh. Yes. Um... So they're all a little sus, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're especially looking at uh, Eve Carpenter because her perfume, the perfume matched. Yes. Pardon me. Um, and then we get a scene where again Poirot goes back to London. Yes. For some reason or another, probably just because he can't stand. No, being- he. Isn't this, around the t- isn't this around the time where he meets with Bentley again? Yes, he does. Thank you. That is correct. Take it away. He meets with Bentley. Yes. And then... <laughs> like, I told you I don't know this episode okay. that well. Okay, so basically what he says <laughs> is you have to remember very carefully, was Mrs. McGinty talking about either of these two women? And he said, yeah, he was, she was prattling on and on and on about it. And he goes, what did she say? And he said something that someone was involved with the Evelyn um, Hope story. And he's like, who? And he says, I can't remember. <laughs> and Poirot says something so devastating which is, it would be a shame if the reason you were wrongfully hanged was the, because you couldn't pay attention to when other people are speaking. <laughs> yeah. So, and he goes, I'm sorry, my mind wanders, it does. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> that, that would be the reason I was wrongly accused. Oh, yeah, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> something. Man. Listen, I'm sorry, I don't remember anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, he scoots on back to, uh, Broad Hinny, and Sweetumum calls him over Mm -hmm. to the post office, because, and that's why he goes, and she confesses that she's been having an affair with Joe, 
Bessie's husband, and she witnessed a woman go into the Upton house that night. Yes, and and she was a blonde woman. Oh. Yes. Um, And so that helps. Right. Basically, uh, we're now looking at either Eva Carpenter or Mrs. Rendell. However, Rendell is whom? Rendell is uh, the doctor. Is the doctor. Okay. However, hostess Airbnb lady, she is very untidy. The whole place is untidy. And at one point, Poirot, she takes something out of a drawer and Poirot puts it back in and fixes up her drawer. Yep. This happens again after he has a conversation with Robin, who is now staying also at the Airbnb because he is not because there's an interim period with the Upton property where he can't afford to stay there because he's he's a broke playwright. I mean, uh, it's something about. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. with the inheritance, there's some like layover. So he's now staying at the Airbnb above Poirot. And then uh, Airbnb hostess does the exact same thing, and Poirot starts putting stuff back, and he finds a photograph of um, Ava... Kane. Kane, thank you. With the words, my mother, written on the back of it. Which now casts suspicion on air hostess... Not air ho, Airbnb hostess. <laughs> air, air. As it turns out... She works for she works for American Airlines. <laughs> yeah, if you can believe it. She's in that Britney Spears outfit the whole time. Um oh, how toxic. Oh mm-hmm. you did it again. <laughs> um but uh so that's uh, suspicion there. Um but then Poirot has a meeting with Spence and they talk it over. And he has a long think about it. And he goes, I've been so stupid. Yeah. And it's like, have quick comment. He says something in French. Poirot speaks a lot of French in this episode. He does. I I very much enjoyed. But Spence says, come on, Poirot, I don't speak foreign. Yeah. Which is very funny, I think. Because I think, because it's like rude. Number one, it is rude. Number two, I think Spence is like kind of self-effacing about it like i'm uneducated come on i don't speak anything but english look at me yeah that makes sense and they rush off and it's the parlor reveal isn't it it is we made it first and first first it's time for an ad break it is tristan So you're listening to an episode of the Amateur Detective Club, which you can find. All of our episodes are logged on the scavengersnetwork.com, which is the network we're on, scavengersnetwork.com. Go check out a bunch of great content. A lot of the programs uh, participated in that independent podcast showcase. So if you want to check out those specifically, not just the one where we've reviewed Boy Meets World... Um, what? No, what is it called? What is not? It's not Boy Meets World. What did we watch? Oh, Tristan, you'll get there. No, I no? won't. 
Saved by the Bell. They're the same show. It's no, they are Have not. you ever seen Boy Meets World? I've seen like I've seen like two episodes. Oh my god. It's not <laughs> They're both in, they're all in high school. Go That's on the, the go on the ad break. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we we um reviewed Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. The, anyway, point being, there's a bunch of different podcasts. They all did special episodes for that event. You should go listen to them. You can also buy merch. It's in our ch- um, show notes. Um, mugs. I'm at my, my parents' home. <laughs> what? <laughs> what about that? Um, mugs. Uh, mugs, I don't know. <laughs> we got them. You want them? We got shirts. Yeah. Oh, I'm at my parents' home, and my mother very kindly ordered a mug, and so I, I get to use that for my morning coffee oh, while I'm nice. here. Oh, it reminds nice. me of home, because we all have matching mugs as well. There's one here, too. Ooh. Is you... mugs? <laughs> mugs. <laughs> you can find us on social media at the amateur detective. What? No, at ADC Pod on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook, and you can email us if you want to suggest an episode for us to cover of a TV show or a movie or something. Maybe you could send us some suggestions. Um, <laughs> Amateur Detective Club at gmail.com. And I have that on my phone, so I will respond promptly. Great. I don't check it at all. It's okay. Mm. Hey, it's Pride Month. I'm by. Give us money, please. <laughs> oh, me too. Yes. <laughs> so, you want to help support by content creators? Head over to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash ADCPod. Give us as little as a dollar a month, please. Oh, uh, message. What? Huh? Uh, butt soup, right? Oh, right. It is required to me with the great state of of Minnesota, specifically Minnetonka County. I must say, every week, butt soup. Also, <laughs> let's get back to the show. Our, my brain is fried. Which is weird. We're back. Which is weird that my brain. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is so fried, but I was able to focus. My mom, we were watching it. And she turns to me and she goes. And she turned and she was like, I was checking to see. And I was like, what? And she's like, I was checking to see if you were asleep because you hadn't said anything for an hour and a half. And I was like, yeah, I had to. I have to remember this. <laughs> I have to remember this. I have to concentrate. And despite my brain being fried, we are here at the parlor reveal. We made it. Oh. And it all hinges on one very fundamental question. What who happens? Put the bot the bot the bot the bot the ram and the ram the ding dong. Yeah. Uh, it, the question is, what happens when you assume gender? No. 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> I it was... does. But I, the, the answer I was looking for is, why did Mrs. McGinty die? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> the answer is the same. <laughs> no, I was hoping that, Melissa, you had, during oh, the ad yeah. break, quickly Googled a riddle. And (laughs) 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 because you're like, what do you get when you cross? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah. When you cross gender, what do you get when you cross gender norms and uh, an ignorant uh, journalist who uh, makes assumptions? Trump 2024. (laughs) Uh. Too soon. (laughs) And also, you don't realize that a man could be named Evelyn Hope. Now, here's the thing. I did not know Evelyn was at any point a man's name. Really? Yeah, I've never heard a a man be named that. Okay. So this was, I was also, I was was as shocked as Spence (laughs) in this moment. I think I've heard it before. Okay. But I don't have any evidence to back that up. <laughs> I just think I have. I I have. Uh, a... What's the dude from Hamilton? His twin, Evil Lynn Manuel. I, my soul has left my body. <laughs> I I saw you constructing it. Beautiful. Which is amazing. Which is amazing that you saw it because uh, Tyler has his camera off. Yeah, I have I, that effect. Oh. Now, I have a question. I have another question. The mm-hmm. Oompa Loompa songs. I okay. swear to God. Okay, so the Oompa Loompa <laughs> songs. Are they riddles? Because they say, what yeah. do you get? Yeah, okay. yeah, they're riddles. And they rhyme. Look, they can yes. rhyme. I mean, it's like it's... the square rectangle thing. <laughs> yes. That all rectangles are for squares and you shouldn't associate with them? Absolutely. Uh-huh. I've been saying that to my kids since they were five. (laughs) So basically what happens is Robin is secretly Evelyn Hope, who is the son of Ava... Kane. Kane. And um, they arrest him for the murder of... Okay, all right, all right, all right. So... He did it. (laughs) So... Don't look at me. Oh yeah. He's oh my gosh. Oh, it's good. It's so good. He's very dramatic about the whole thing. So yeah, essentially, uh, Robin. Um, which okay. also could be Robin, which is also a gender-neutral name. It is. Um, mm-hmm. I. He. He was adopted by Mrs. Upward, and. Mrs. Uh, but he had a photo of his mom that he put in a drawer and it says my mother on it. That's the photo that Poirot found. And uh, when Mrs. McGinty started chat talking about it to everyone she knew, he was like, oh no, this is going to be a huge problem that you found out that my murdering mother was my mother. So I can't let anybody know that. So I got to kill you. So then that happened. Poirot came and meddled because he had set up our poor guy that 
you know, our poor and observant friend. Bentley. It said, Bentley had set him up to take the fall. Thought he was in the clear. Then Poirot comes meddling. And once he shows the pictures, um, his mom that raised him, Mrs. Upward, pointed to Lily Gamble instead of Eva Kane because she wanted to throw them off. But she knew too much. She knew what was going on. And so he set it up. So right before he went to the theater with Mrs. Oliver, he strangled his mom to death, put some uh, lipstick on a mug, and sprayed the perfume around. Mm -hmm. Then the phone call was staged, and he posed as his mother in the phone call to throw everybody off. Yes, and one of the reasons Poirot was able to get to this conclusion of, like, why would you leave the lipstick stain and not, like, open a window for a little bit to let the scent out? It's very purposefully pointing to femininity, so it's yeah. overkill. Um, yes. So, yes, he has this very dramatic, don't look at me, very yeah. John Merrick performance um very good though but they cart him away and as Bentley's being released Poirot is sitting in a taxi with Bentley's friend whose name I cannot recall the real estate agent mm-hmm. um Maud yes Maud yeah yes Maud and he was like, what's your involvement? Why did you care so much? And she was, her last name was Craig, which was the person who was wrongfully accused and hanged for the murder that Ava Kane committed. So she was seeking vengeance, went to the Upwards um, home that evening and found Mrs. Upward already dead. Yeah. She had a gun and everything, was going to take revenge. Yep. And she says to Poirot, I'm so glad I didn't pull that trigger. Um, and then he, she says, you know, are you going to turn me in? Should I, what should I do? Poirot's like, nah, go hang out with your, with your, with your friend, Mr. Bentley. And so... They have a walk and they're smiling. And then it freeze frames like Rocky too. <laughs> There's also the bit about who pushed him on the train and I didn't oh. follow it. I, oh, who... yes. The the doctor's wife. Yeah. Oh. Doctor's wife because um, the doctor was assisting suicides and um, wasn't getting paid for it. But still, people are going to, as Poirot says, tongues will wag. Um, Mm. So she wanted to halt the investigation of what she thought Poirot was actually investigating, which was not the case. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, Yeah. And there was this whole thing as well with um, the, the major and his wife having some sort of hatchet that they bought from her at a swap meet thing and like and that was clearly the murder weapon but it doesn't matter too much to be honest we got there yeah it's a they thought they talked about because the girl lily gamble did the did her murder with like a meat cleaver and then this yeah. is something meet the cleavers 
Yeah, something similar but different. Um, it's a sugar hammer. Yes. Um, yeah. That's yeah. the name I used to dance under. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering what you were going to come up with. <laughs> so what do we think of this episode? Okay. So I really liked it. It's a pain to review. If I didn't have to review it, it'd probably be like a four or like four and a half out of five. But since I did have to remember everything, a four. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. It was quite good. It was very fun. And I was engaged the entire time. I didn't look at my phone once. It made sense at the end. It also, I will say, though, I figured it was one of those cases of like, I know who, but I want to know how. Mm. Um, You figured it out? Yeah, I was like, they're really assuming that it's a woman, huh? Mm. Um, and then uh, we get a couple of versions of the Poirot theme musically, and that gets yeah. points for me. And I, I liked that. And I do like, like, I didn't, I didn't much care for like the vignette around, but the film grain and everything to make it look a little bit closer to the '80s series, I did enjoy. Mm. It, it felt kind of like a return to it, it was a nice blend of the old and the new so also Suchet does some very good acting in this one he gives oh, yeah. what I call the Suchet look like four or five times you know the one I'm talking about where they pan they, the camera pushes in and he looks a little past it at yeah, somebody. yeah yeah oh, oh for sure I love it mm-hmm. it's good stuff uh, I'd give it a two uh, a point each for uh, Zoe Wanamaker and one for David Suchet. Uh, I didn't find enjoyment in this really at all, uh, and I found it to be quite forgettable. <laughs> I didn't find enjoyment in this. <laughs> oh, this is very just funny being thing. honest. No, no, it's just like I, I looked and I could find none. I. <laughs> I searched all around, under and over and side to side, and to the window to the wall, and there was none. None to be found. <laughs> that was all right. I am going to go right down the middle and say a three. Uh, I was so hopeful. Like, I desperately wanted to like this episode. Evelyn and hopeful? I- <laughs> you should have wrote this one. Mm. I probably would have enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, I really wanted to like it because it had the elements, the setup that I wanted. Um, but but yeah, it got a little convoluted for me. This is actually something where I'm very curious about the book and if I might like the book more. Yes. I feel like there was too much episode, like there wasn't enough time, even though it was an hour and a half movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like there was enough time to do all of the things they needed to do in this, and that some of it just got like, like the fact that we were having so much trouble with, you know, which character was that again? These people didn't really matter, kind of stuff. Like, I wanted to, to really go down that path, and it didn't feel, I don't know, it didn't feel focused enough. Um, we definitely got the focus on Eva, uh, Eva Carpenter, like. I knew who she was, yeah. but, but like all the other characters were just, I don't know. It kind of got muddied for me. Yeah, I can understand that. I'm also in the same way of, I want to read the book and also because it's such a shame because the idea of like, uh, 
I kind of get why they're doing the the vignette and like the out of focus because it is almost a um, how do you say uh, Stepford Wives sort of you know a village that's too perfect when mm-hmm. he goes there and I like that idea a lot. I like I, I think I'm with you, Melissa. I like all the elements of <laughs> surrounding the story, but the story itself was. This adaptation was a bit confusing. Yeah, there was so there was an interesting thing. Um, I just recently finally finished the Haunting of Bly Manor, which is excellent, um, and that's a mystery. No, it's okay. We don't have to do a ghost. Story. I started. I started watching it. I enjoyed most of it. It's really good. Um, they made it too during the day. It's too bright, like. Every single time they're outside or every time you see daylight, it is too bright at Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that was really fascinating to me because it was kind of subtle. But at the same time, you know, I ended up watching the first seven episodes twice. Mm-hmm. Like I watched them in October, then I watched them again and then finally watched the last two. Um, and I noticed really like, it was overexposed. And I thought that was a neat trick because it's like something's wrong, but, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that filter that they had on it was on, on this episode of Poirot is like too much, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I, I see what you're kind of going for, but I don't know that it's this. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know that you're getting the effect that you want. It's also this strange thing of like, Watching this in HD, you're seeing, now I'm seeing, like, I can see Suchet's makeup. Yeah. You can see, since it's shot on digital now, you can tell. <clears throat> and that is this other, it, it kind of gives this weird otherworldly quality to it as well. Mm, yeah. You know, it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> but, so a three, a perfectly serviceable episode of Poirot. <laughs> Yeah, if it, you're uh, if you're an average of all of us. Yep, it is fine. It was a fine enough experience. You can put it on in front of your face. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's a great you know BBC One and Chill. Yeah. Episode. That's right. Because who doesn't want to chill while staring directly at Papa, Papa Poirot? <laughs> Uh, oh, so with that, <laughs> now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to a close. Gavel sound. Xenophobia. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to laugh at that. Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.